All right, now hopefully this works. Hopefully. It's not a road trip podcast. The road trip podcast is exclusive to subscribe star members. I sound like such a dick saying that. I, f- I figure I got to give people, if they donate to me monthly, it's like, I'll give you a special podcast put behind that. This is the normal Clary podcast, even though we are road tripping. And the reason I'm doing it is, as always, to save time. Because I'm on a road trip. And there's no reason. You're going to talk to yourself anyway on a long-ass road trip. So you might as well make bank off of it. <clears throat> or be productive. Because if I do this for the next hour and a half, then I will be hanging on. Did I forget my uh, credit card there? No, I did not. There's, you always got, that's the old man. Did I leave the gas on? Why did my house blow up when I went to Europe? Uh, and so now I'm going to do a podcast and it's going to be crappy quality because it's on my phone and my phone, which is new, is, um, it's, it's fickle. It decides to go in and out. Anyway, so I am, I hate to use the word sentimental journey because I am not sentimental. Um, and I, uh, do not have a heart, but it dawned on me that the most innocent and happy days of my life were with my grandpa. The reason I came to Minnesota was because of the happiest days of my life I had in Minnesota, but that was because of my grandparents, not because of the people of Minnesota, which I found out, much to my chagrin, are the worst people on the face of the planet. But uh, it, it just dawned on me a week or two ago, um, I'm never coming back. There is no reason. I've had a lot of friends leave uh, Minnesota. What friends I do have in Minnesota don't hang out anyway, so it's kind of like, uh, well, maybe we'll see you later. Uh, You know, people are abandoning ship. They were abandoning long ago because Minnesota was already an unacceptable place to live. And now now doubly, quadruply so. And so I'm going to drive out to Appleton, Minnesota. I have to look it up where my grandpa lived which, for those of you who want to take a look at the map, is clear across the other side of the state. I practically live in Wisconsin. I can see Wisconsin from my apartment. And so I'm going almost all the way to South Dakota to go to the old house my grandpa was at. Look at the backyard where I played wiffle ball and wiffle bat because my grandpa bought me a wiffle bat. Uh, maybe find the old American Legion where we'd go for Miller time after my grandpa would take me fishing. <clears throat> Caught my first fish with my grandpa. 1978. That's how long ago it was. And uh, it was more of a, I would read, not sentimental, it would be more, I re- regret and rue not going and visiting Appleton one last time. And I, have, I haven't visited that much. I've only been back once since I came out here for college. <clears throat> Last time, I, two times ago I, that I was in Appleton was 1980. Um, then I went back once when I was in college for a dance. Well, I think I was a senior, so that was 1996, 1997. And now 20, gosh, three years later I'm going back. And this is the last and final trip. This is it. I will never see this part of my childhood again. And I figured, boy, before I leave, because if I did come back to the Twin Cities, I'm not going to rent a car to drive out to Appleton. It's just too far. I, I'd maybe be visiting friends, but again, I, I really don't think I'm ever coming back for any reason. There's just no reason. If I'm going to visit my family, most of them are in Wisconsin, I'd fly into Milwaukee. <clears throat> And so it's like, oh yeah, the sun's setting. I mean, this the sun is not only setting, the sun, ha- more than half of it is already below the horizon. And we're in the last stages of like where you stand up, like you're lying on the ground, you see the sun, and then it goes down, but then you stand up real quick, you see like half a second more of the sunset. <clears throat> That's what we're doing. That's where we are in Minnesota time. And this chapter, this regretful, painfully too long, and almost complete waste of a life of a chapter, coming to a close and what few things remain very few things that, that are good that remain in this state I want to say and I've already sampled them I've already uh, we've, we've already kind of been doing the grand tour before I get the F out of Dodge 
<coughs> and it's stuff I've told you guys before. There's Sebastian Joe's. Even that's gone downhill. Um, they're in financial straits. And maybe, I don't know it for sure, but my banker's spidey senses would tell me, uh, well, your ice cream's gone to shit. Your selection is down to a third of what it normally is. And your ice cream was dry and icy. Oh, and by the way, you had all the Black Lives Matter artwork up on it. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. From a white male who's not guilty, eat my fucking dick sack. And, uh, so that's, that's a chapter finished within, a sub-chapter finished within the chapter. Never going to Sebastian Joe's again. Uh, the Hexagon Bar was kicking around, but that got burnt down. <laughs> What else? The Times Cafe is gone. Um, I'm just trying to think of places I liked. Places that were good. Places that were decent. And there's that. There's very few. A Flame Burger, I guess I'm going to go to. Maybe I'll do that today. Maybe I'll go to Rice Street and go to Flame Burger or Central. That'd be the last one. <laughs> Uh, and then we're saving Jack's Cafe for, like, the going away party. And it's not just me and the GF going away. There's a friend of ours that bought a place in Wisconsin. She's taking off. A buddy of mine's going to move down to Florida. He may have to fly back for that. He may be down there already. <laughs> and, uh, you know, enjoy, the, like, one of the few last remaining good things of the Twin Cities. Uh, we'll probably stop at Mancini's. There's a reason I'd ever come back to Minnesota. Mid-seas would have to be in it. I think I'll stop at the St. Paul Hotel, get the GF a cocktail. I even drove up. There used to be this nightclub called Waterworks. It was the first nightclub I ever went to. They had 18-plus night. And this was before I even had the job. And no, I must have had the job because I had a car then. And uh, I drove up there long ago. I think it was 19. I must have been 19. <clears throat> and God, that was a waste of time. And that place is torn down. I even didn't even like it. I just want to go like, oh, you know, like, let's go back in time. Is that place still there? I was here a long time ago. What has happened? What did we learn, Charlie Brown? Learned that, that uh, bars that don't last long on the uh, lake end up turned into high-end houses and condos. That's what we learned. <clears throat> um, and so, yeah, now, now I'm going to go to the old... I mean, God Almighty even knows if any of these places are still open. The Red Owl, that's the grocery store. That's no longer Red Owl. I'm sure that's something else now because Red Owl got bought out long ago. The furniture store I want to go to because the furniture store is where my grandpa bought me a bare face pillow when I was a little kid, which I still have to this day. That, I'm sure, is not uh, a furniture store anymore. When I visited this place back in college, the house we were at, where my grandpa lived, um, that, that was a wreck, it looked like some college kids were living in it, it just looked disheveled in disarray, may not even, may not even be up, <clears throat> so I have a feeling when I get there, it's going to be maybe a new house, or it's just going to be a, a hut, I just want to see, I just want to see the yard I played wiffle ball at, that's all I want to see. And, uh, this is the grand rounds, though, so after that, I'm going to go to Alexandria, and go to this bakery where I remember there was a gumball machine. My grandpa gave me a whole quarter to get those big gumballs barely fit in my mouth. Oh, boy, that was, that was, dude, I'll never forget that. A quarter. All you had to do was spend a quarter in 1979. Which is what, oh, okay, 75 cents to get a big gumball, the gumball machine. I can remember it. I know, I know where... I know where it is. I think it's still in business. So I'm going to go, I don't know if the gumball machine's still there. God, 40 years ago. Just going to look. Like, okay, this is where you were. This is what misled you into coming to this shithole of a Marxist communist, above all else, soy boy pussy men and women Minnesotans that hate you and hate themselves. <clears throat> the backstabby bipolar, passive-aggressive culture known as Minnesota and Minnesotans, all full of themselves. 
This is what snookered you into it. Because you thought a World War II generation hero was representative of everyone else in the state. Or pro probably all the goodness of, 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 of any quality, quantity or quality. Anything that was good in this state was all encapsulated in my grandpa. And everyone else is a fucking piece of shit dipshit. And you all deserve your cold and you all deserve to be taken over. And uh, you all deserve it. what all the communism, social, and your Swedish little fucking culture gives you. <clears throat> and that's it. Then I got to turn around, head northeast to Alexandria, get on the highway, and hopefully there's not a lot of uh, cabin traffic with all the sheep coming back to the Twin Cities on Highway 94. And then it's not over then. It's not over. I got to go to the Minneapolis campus of the U of M, do quote-unquote one final patrol. I'm going to go to the St. Paul campus, at which time it will be night, but night that will be fitting because that's normally when I patrol the St. Paul campus. It was at night. <coughs> and that will kind of close out. And then all that remains, anything, and I don't even like the U of M campus. I hate it. It's just that's where I cut my teeth. Cabby would not have been formed. You know, and, and much as I complain about the Twin Cities and Minnesota and Minnesota culture and academia and the U of M and the Carlson School of Management, if it weren't for those years of hatred, antagonism, crushing, debilitating, poverty, misery, bigotry, hatred, unacceptable treatment of just just degenerate. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Inhumane inhumane treatment of a random kid that came out of Wisconsin to go to school there with the highest of hopes and the best of intentions. <clears throat> if I didn't have that long, inhumane suffering and treatment at the hands of Minnesota and Minnesotans, I would not have been the strong, galvanized, iron-forged steel person I am today. Heaven help me if I if I would have like been a, a person of color or a woman. They would have pampered my ass so much I'd be a weak, pathetic nobody. I'd be, I'd be like just the masses that they graduate from the University of Minnesota. They have worked at Cargill or Wells Fargo. I worked at Target. I'm just like such a nice person. You'd be a loser. I'd be, I'd be a nobody who would make no difference. I'd be all the people in the world that said, I'm going to make a difference. Who don't? All your teachers, all your educations, every little do-gooder, trust fund baby Minnesotan, those are nobodies. They will fucking die. No one. Not that there's a competition that I want to be remembered forever, but thank God I didn't piss away my life and end up like these fucks, these fucks and cocks who are now stuck in Minnesota because daddy's little princess were in the good schools. I want to see my parents. play the sheep, you become the sheep, and you all belong to the herd, and now, now I get to leave, I get to get off this planet, I get to get in the spaceship on SimCity and escape to Alpha Centauri, and you fucks and cucks get to sit here, pay your taxes, and be berated, even by your own children, as to how racist and bigoted and sexist and oppressive you all are, and you need to enslave yourself and let more blood out for other people and parasites to suck off of it, and you'll be like, yes, okay, I'm a good little liberal Democrat, whatever you want, wifey poo. Let's send our kids to shitty public schools because that way will show how much we care about community. And then I will bid Minnesota adieu. And it's kind of sad. Like like I said, I don't even want to go. What's this guy doing on his motorcycle? Is he all right? Is he okay? Watch out for the fellow motorcyclist. I think he's turning around. No, maybe he's not. Um, anyway, it's sad how few things I care to check out, how few good things there are left. I cannot emphasize this enough about the Twin Cities especially, but Minnesota in general. <clears throat> there were a great many things to check out that were really cool. But before the riots, even before all this, most of this was already gone through the natural uh, general decay of municipal politics, municipal economics, I won't lie, it's also been generational changes, you know, the nightclubs, that kind of went away everywhere because you had the internet, now guys just meet girls online. <clears throat> um, 
but you, you know, the, the past four mayors of Minneapolis have just made Minneapolis a shithole not worth going to. Increased parking fees. So it was already on the way out. This was just, hey, you know that collapsing building? Yeah, let's set fire to it. And tell everyone who's not our color that they're racist and sexist on top of it when they come to this place. Well, that'll be, that'll be great for business. So even even before the riots and, and uh, the looting and the rioting and the arson, there wasn't a lot. There was just not that many places left. And so Sebastian Joe's, which went woke, they're gone. Jack's Cafe, I think they're going to sell that or retire that. Why, why would you run a, a fine establishment in a shitty city? Flameburger, I'll check that out one last time. And then the campus, to give it the old, like, these were the training grounds. You know, it'd be like a boxer going back to his original boxing ring where he trained. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember suffering here. I won't lie, I'm also going there for the smell of fall. That was the other thing. I'm like, I better go in fall when it was, like, idealistic and hopeful and we were tearing up the campus, walking a ton of girls home. Like, there was, there was that competition, the camaraderie. It wasn't, oh, it was perfect biking weather. You weren't freezing your ass off. You had that little bit of hope, that little bit of a, of a effective amuse. Like, if a cute girl, you walked a cute girl, oh, that just put you in good spirit for at least an hour. Uh, just, and then that, you know, smell is most closely related to memory. And so I just want to take a good breath of fresh air. U of M campus, like, okay, yeah, that was it, there we go, quarter century ago, alright, we're out of here, we're done, <clears throat> I don't even know if I'll go to Minneapolis ever again, there's just no reason, because I'm not leaving for at least six months, I may beat that, uh, Rich Cooper on finishing his book and Atham on finishing his degree, my house might get built in that time. And so now, so it's a full day, full day, left practically Wisconsin. That should be the name of the town across from Hudson. Practically Wisconsin. <laughs> Drove all the way over, and my mom's like, oh, you're going to go to Appleton? I'm like, yeah. Oh, you have to stop. You have to stop at New London Spicer. I'm like, New London Spicer, what is this? So I look it up. Oh, yeah, the resort towns. I'm looking, I'm like, all right, I don't want to be in a rush. I don't need to go through the city traffic. I'll have a cigar. I'll only have one cup of coffee. And then I'll postpone my second cup. I'll get an espresso. There's got to be an espresso shop in either Spicer or New London. And so I'm coming in from the south out of Wilmer? No, Candy, Ohio. Have to look that up. And you see the signs for Spicer. You can see the water tower off in the distance. You see the big lake forming in front of you. You're like, oh, this is going to be a nice little quaint town. I'm going to have myself, I'm going to find a nice quaint little coffee shop. I'm going to get myself a double espresso. And I'm going to, I might just sit out there. I might just sit out on the lake and look at the lake. And, and enjoy, uh, you know, this brisk fall day with my nice cup of espresso. And three blocks later, I find out that was all there was to Spicer. It's it's nothing. There's a gas station, there's a gun shop, and then there's a dock company. The rest is just all houses that are on the lake. I'm like, this is Spicer? I'm thinking, well, maybe Spicer is the small town. Maybe that's a suburb of New London. London, come on, man. It's London. It's, it's new. It's got to be just like the old London, but better, right? It's going to be a big metro, and it's bigger. And uh, there they, they had two coffee shops, one gas station, and two restaurants on a pond, and everything but the gas station was closed. The two coffee shops weren't open. The bars and restaurants were up for sale. And, uh, and uh, the other coffee shop, which was right across from the British Petroleum, they weren't open either. <coughs> and even if I got my coffee, I didn't see a pair of place to sit on a lake. There was like ponds. <laughs> this is New London. And so I, that, that is like, yeah, thanks, Ma. 
I'm like, was this the place you went when you were a kid? And, and oh, did Grandpa take you to the gas station? Maybe there was a supper club. Maybe that's why my mom had fond memories of that. But I'm just like, this isn't, uh, there's nothing here. Which saved me time. Which, but it didn't save me time, because now that I think about it, if I didn't have to go this route, I would have probably just taken the interstate and headed, what? I forget what road it is. It's been a long time. Drove there one time. <clears throat> so now I'm going through what is a, road, a route no different than when I go the scenic route to South Dakota on Highway 212, something more north of that. Like, hey, look, more farmland. Wow. And I know my mom, bless her heart. She said, how was London New Spicer? Spicer New London. I'm like, when's the last time you were there? Was it a big metropolitan area? And then the, the plague came in and wiped everyone out. And they destroyed most of the town and, and turned it into fields. Because there's nothing there. So now, we'll go to Appleton. And I will go and look to see if I can recognize any of these places to hearken me back to the Carter administration. Before all the insanity, before anyone gave a damn about your skin color or your gender, when I was a nice, young, innocent kid, and all we had to worry about was 20% inflation, double-digit unemployment. That's all we had to worry about. And horrifically bad late 70s fashion where all the men had super bushy mustaches because they all wanted to be Tom Selleck. Oh, God. So that's it. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll go and then I'll pull in late at night. God, I had to get out. I just That's another reason I had to get out. There's so much work being done right now, guys. I've done so much work. I published The Sanities, The Future of Wealth. That took a long time to edit it and get it ready for Kindle and paperback. It was already written, but it has to be tailored so you can upload it to uh, Amazon. Uh, what else? I had to put together the research for analyzing the ROI of the pursuit of women for the seminar. I had to deliver the seminar. I had to sit in on the seminars of other people. Started writing the intro chapter to that because I'm going to publish it in a book form because it needs to get out there. Then there's regular old asshole consulting. And then last month, because it's just a continuation of two months of work, I also had to do the PowerPoint and recording for the Senate, uh, not Sanity, uh, the Minimalism Seminar. <laughs> Which, by the way, will be open for enrollment starting October 25th through the 31st, if you want to take it. And that just meant sitting and looking at a computer. Oh, and by the way, near 30 hours a week on asshole consulting and podcasting. And writing art. Remember when I used to blog? Remember those good old times when Cappy just wrote? I just wrote. I didn't have to record, I didn't have to use my voice. Little did I realize I'd become a triple threat. Blogger, podcaster, and YouTuber. Who knew I had the skills within me? All I wanted to be was a mild-mannered accountant. That's all I wanted to be. Oh, no, no. You're going to become a ballroom dance instructor. We're going to piss you. Remember the horrible time you had going to college and just getting by working? Yeah, well, we're going to have you work in banking so you realize just how much of a degraded death-deserving fuck most people are that will give you the vision will force you to become an author and then what's going to be really funny is the shit that you didn't think you'd be good at you'd laugh and mock at like writing and dancing that's how you're going to make your money really? it's an interesting philosophy how pain and suffering is absolutely vital to success. I think it is absolutely vital to success. Um, I, I mean, it's not absolute. I mean, there's instances you take Bill Gates who came from privilege. Like, I mean that in a real sense, not a political sense. Okay, he obviously had success. Um, what's his name? Uh, greatest golfers of all time. What's his name? 
his dad trained him. What the hell was his name? Tiger Woods. You know, he had his dad around. Dad really invested in him. Uh, it came from wealth, but not super wealth. But to avoid the death of life, and I don't mean death, everyone dies. I'm talking the death of life where your life doesn't matter because you're just doing the same shit everybody else is doing. You're doing what you were told and therefore you're going to have the exact same results as everybody else. That's the death of life. To avoid that, to avoid wasting your life, you need to not only suffer from something, generally poverty, uh, because that's so universal and common, but not necessarily just poverty, but you know, look at Terrence Pop. Terrence Pop suffered divorce and a horrific life, a, a, a psychologically abusive wife, a mental psychopath. Uh, better Bachelor, you could say, came from, from that too. To a lesser extent, Rolo Tomasi after he dated his wife. You look at all these guys who move within our sphere, within our world, who've amounted to anything or have a unique background or just take, blazed their own path in life. They suffered at some point. Ed Lattimore came out of poverty. Uh, you know, Ben Carson also came out of poverty and a brainwashed society where everything's Whitey's fault. You, you have to come from some kind of uh, behind the, the pat. You have to come from behind. There must be some trial and tribute. And then the other thing that is also vital and key is you have to overcome it. You have to defeat it. And you can't succumb and, and take the ample and unlimited number of excuses society will give you to tell you that it's not necessarily your fault, but you deserve a handout and that you should rely on other people. You should have hope and faith in other people to make things better. Not you go and actually improve your life and, and you know, take it. It's not fair. Nothing's fair. But you took agency controlling your life. You took command of your battleship. And you plunged it through that motherfucking battle. And you came out the other side alive and winning. You defeated everything. You won. And that is a rich life. And the, and the spoils of winning at life is that you, well, won psychological freedom. Like, you truly are an independent-minded person. You think, well, yeah, my buddy Brian... <laughs> We were talking about a different thing, but he said, let's say you were in a room of 100 people. I'm like, yeah, and these 100 people like vehemently disagree with you about your politics and economics and this and that. And they're screaming at you and this and that, and they're calling you all sorts of names. He said, would you even once consider changing your opinion? I'm like, no, fuck no, because I'm right. Because I, I know, I know, I went through it. I'm like, no, I, I know for a fact those 100 people are wrong. They're common, they're boring, they're normie conformies and inferiors. They're just doing what's popular. It's tribalism. They're not even thinking. And so I have this this independent mind. To truly be independent-minded. Well, then you start seeing the world for what it is. You can see the matrix. You can see the one you can manipulate it. And instead of being plugged in, oh, happy wife, happy life. Oh, she divorced me. Why oh, we'd like to be you. Can't all be you. All these fucking sheep without their fucking money, with none of their retirement savings, being stuck to, I didn't know Ocasio-Cortez was going to take it. I didn't know all the all the SJWs we, we brought up were going to burn down my house. <laughs> I thought we were just giving them money and telling them how much we care. That would, that would quench the masses. They just love and hug us. So now are those people dead because they have the, the death of life. Because they're just not thinking. They got independent thought and sentience. They never avail themselves of it. They also have what life the society has granted and allowed them to have. That's taking, that's being quickly taken away from them. <laughs> so you don't, you don't have that life. And then, then because you're so committed or brainwashed or I don't know what other word you're so entrenched you're, you're, you're so set in your ways it's too late now you're, you're so defeated you're, you're increasingly a fattening wife who's a liberal is just beating you that you have not the energy to achieve escape velocity and leave her clutches you don't have the escape velocity oh moving's hard I don't have to clear I just want to sit and drink. I have to work so much to pay the taxes to live in this place, uh, and I'm tired. 
I gotta go get my CPE and my MBA. Oh, I'm tired. I don't have time to think critically and do strategic thinking and make choices in my life for the long term better. You guys are stuck. And you're handicapped. Your hands are tied behind your back because you can't do anything to change your situation. You are a fucking slave. Oh, Crazy Cleary, he's, he's, well, he's practically a Nazi thinking that the United States is going to go commie. <laughs> Look at how he's going, oh, what's out in South Dakota, a bunch of corn? <laughs> what do you mean I can't come in there without a mask? What do you mean I, I, I can't, there's no toilet paper? What do you mean I got to pay a white man tax? I, I vote Democrat all the time. What do you mean there's people shitting in my streets? And if you go through that trial and tribulation, and you go through pain and suffering, and you come out the strong man of steel at the end of it, instead of old weak-ass pig iron at the beginning, you can actually live and lead your, you will not waste your life. And, and even though escaping and running from the commies and the parasites and the pariahs will never end. I, I, and the next stage has got to find a place outside the United States. At least I made it to South Dakota. And at least I made it, you know, like, I, I've been, I won't lie, I've been having a couple good years. Uh, broke the $40,000 mark regularly. I mean, I'll never be in the high income earner category. I mean, you never know. A lot of money coming into that septic tank fund. But I'll tell you this, um, if I ever do make it big, Minnesota's going to miss out on all that tax revenue they thought I owed them. If I ever make it big, it, it's going to be in spite of the entire culture of Minnesota. And my money will go to South Dakota. My money will go to whatever, Croatia, wherever I might you know, have a plan B. And, uh, you know, I, I hope you guys like the Ilian Omars you imported and bred and raised. Ilian Omar was not an immigrant. She was born in the United States. Her dad was a taxi driver, as many Somali men were. Her dad actually worked a legit real job. Uh, she did not. And I just love, you, you want Minnesota summed up, look at how they treat a degenerate, parasitic, lying criminal, piece of shit, communist, kuantahaha like Ilian Omar versus a guy who was actually born in St. Paul came there like, yeah, I can't wait to be in Minnesota. I want to live here. Oh, but you're white and you're male, so fuck you. Oh, and you were born, you have, pre oh, get the fuck out of here. Oh, but here's a here's a degenerate piece of shit. A, a, a criminal, not in the um, legal criminal sense, but in, in like uh, a criminal against society. <clears throat> Her behaviors are criminal. You know, they, they hurt society. Oh, you guys can't line up to champion your losers and parasites. Go fuck yourselves. Just go fuck yourselves. Have fun. Capital flight. Brain drain. You tell me what society's going to do a lot better. A society filled with 100,000 cappies or a society filled with 100,000 Ilian Omars. All sticking there with their hands out for money. Which one do you think's going to survive in the long run? You're just a white male and discriminatory and the things we've said and told for 20 odd years and we don't need diversity. Fine, bye. It's not even the diversity or the difference in race. It's the fact I'm a producer and she's a parasite. And damn, Minnesotans just love rolling on their back and attaching leeches to their stomach. Benson. The town of Benson. I gotta turn here. Benson looks like it might have something. What do we got here? Train tracks go through Benson. This looks like a nice town. Is there a coffee store here? Uh, looks pretty dead. There's Patrick's Pub and Grill. Mm. Oh, the uh, movie theater's closed. There's an antique shop. Oh, I'm taking the wrong turn, am I? Nope. Ah, we'll go through this town. Let's see what's in the town of Benson, huh? Another thing I'm really working hard at is calming down. It's it's hard to calm down, especially given all the stuff I got online, all the projects I'm working on. And I'm not going to lie, guys, um, this analyzing the ROI of the pursuit of women. 
<clears throat> that that could have the potential to go viral. Now, I thought how not to become a millennial would, so I could be completely wrong. But um, this analyzing the ROI in the pursuit of women, it's got the natural sell. It's how do I get the girls? That's all anybody cares about. Forget philosophy, economics, politics, unlocking the key to unlimited wealth, eliminating poverty. We don't need that. Let's just keep repeating the mistakes of the millennial generation. Is there anything to learn for the millennial generation? No. Let's just let's just keep on going and make the same mistakes. Hey Gen Z, you want the same success that we had before? Yeah. I want to be in debt. Right, here we got your standard American town. The Chinese place is open. And coffee shop. Coffee shop is closed. Pizza place. The bar is closed. The true value. Man, I love going into true value with my uh, grandpa. <clears throat> Not that one. That's closed too. Um, <clears throat> and uh, what is it? Coast to coast dime store. Uh, the smell. I'd always love the smell. Well, Benson is officially closed for business, guys. I know all of you were planning on coming to Benson. There's Napa Auto Parts. I like the way that Napa smelled, too. Um, yeah, so that's it, guys. Don't come to Benson. Nothing here. Hey, I know what will reinvigorate this. Let's get a bunch of Somalis to come here. They'll all just go become farmers. They'll all put on farmers' hats and run the tractors. Because immigrants are the future, right? Not that, well, if you're wondering, you know, why why are small town America dying? Well, it's the same reason mining towns are dying because we've become more uh, machinery intensive. You don't need as many. Look at the the town of Miami, Arizona. Uh, fun town to drive through if you're looking for it, and you'll find like, man, what? It looks like a ghost town, but then the mines are still operational. Well, yeah, they got new mining equipment that you know one machine will replace five guys. So. The town is still alive and well in terms of the GDP it produces, <clears throat> but it doesn't employ anywhere near the amount of people. Don't worry. Merely by the fact they're not Native Americans, I don't mean American Indians, I mean Native Americans born here, they're going to magically just sprout GDP. They totally won't just go live on welfare. Oh, well, now we're following the train tracks. Oh, Senior Fuzz. Hello, Mr. Fuzz. Going the same speed this guy, also in a Chevy ahead of me, is going. Because I have a feeling they like to give out tickets in Benson, Minnesota. <clears throat> anyway, so, uh, yes, I, uh, the, analyzing the ROI. Oh, I pray to God. Oh, just to, you know, do I need the money? No, I'm a minimalist. It's, it's the Navion. You know what? It's not the last and final luxury good, but do you know what money will buy you? Peace and calm and serenity and peace. Like, you, I've talked about and alluded to it before because the idea was just kind of slowly being made in my mind. Um, but the ultimate luxury is that you can insure yourself against parasites and communists. Like, I can pick up and leave. I can have a place in the United States... Uh, not a big place, not a fancy place, but I can have a place in the United States. If it gets too hairy here, <clears throat> I could go to my other place in Poland. And I estimate that's about on, on the dirt cheap, and it all assumes like, can you sell your place in the United States for any money? But you need about 500 grand in total assets. So that if your place in the United States looks a little too hairy, if you can sell it before the communists take it, then you got yourself a quarter million dollars to live on, which should suffice for a retirement fund. <clears throat> but on the low end, you re you really want a, a luxury good, guys? I won't speak to the women because I know you girls just, oh my God, the government will take care of me and Democrats and little people. Oh, why are they lining us up and shooting us? Why are they grabbing my husband? He voted Democrat. He's one of the good white people. He's one of the good white males. Oh, all right, you can kill him because my politics are more important to me anyway. Anyway. Um... I'm kind of hoping. <clears throat> you know, it's like being a contractor on the Death Star. Like, can I make my money and get my paychecks and get my Imperial credits and then get off the Death Star before the Rebels show up? Can I, can I get... 
Can I cash in the check they give me before they go all belly up and I could, you know, convert it into iridium or whatever? Uh, hard precious metals currency was in the Star Wars universe. And I'm just, it looks, according to paper, it looks like it might do well. Uh, everybody's really interested in it. The product is great. Uh, the numbers are fascinating. They're depressing, but they're fascinating. And it's the most germane book written for men, or will be the most germane book written for men. What is this? That's what that is. Uh, because it addresses that. Look, look at all what you got. All you talk about is about 40% of the stuff we talk about is women oriented. I like to talk about other things too, but why does everyone give it? Because that's the number one thing you invest your time and future money in. Is the pursuit of women. It's what you're programmed to want. <clears throat> this is why I do a seminar on minimalism, which has a net positive rate of return. And I, I got some I got some enrollments. I got five. That's still good. Uh, but Donovan will talk about, uh, Donovan Sharp, by the way, he'll do a, a seminar on wo speaking womanese, and he'll sell hundreds. Because you guys want to get the girls. I get it. I get it. And this is this will tell you about the girls. Oh, will this tell you about the girls? You know, it's like, like before the launching of the space shuttle and the wings of homeyase. You know, just check. Everything's go. I think we got all of our... our, our uh, <clears throat> Bases covered. Electrical systems go. Computer systems go. Oil go. Fuel go. Pressure go. Hydraulics go. Navigation go. Launch already. Let's do it. And so it is Cappy's dream that even though he doesn't really need it, gobs of money will fall from the sky. And then I can buy a house somewhere in Poland, somewhere in Bulgaria. I don't know. I'll have to figure out where. In just a small, again, not egregious. I'll never own more than a million dollars. Well, depends on how much money we print off. I take that back. We all might be millionaires someday <laughs> in a Zimbabwean sense. But in, in today's dollars, I don't think I'll ever have the net worth of a million bucks and you don't need it don't need it but it, it'd be nice and what would I spend the money on Ferraris bitches and whores no peace and calm and serenity and security I'd have a place that would outlast the communist wave hitting your first world Western cultures in the contingency that the United States collapses, and not really, it's not going to collapse. It's just going to be taken over by a younger generation of young, dumb people, brainwashed thoroughly by communists in the K through 12 system. And you're going to—it's not going to be a violent takeover. You'll just win elections. I don't even know why the Democrats would threaten violence if Trump wins. Why don't you just chill out, you know, and wait till the next? You're going to win. Ocasio-Cortez will be a president or someone like her will be. Maybe not her. You guys are going to win. You don't have to lift a finger. Why would you Why would you risk you know, life and limb fighting a civil war if Trump happens to win, but they, they don't count, quote-unquote, the mail-in ballots? And then as the younger generation, they're like, hey, did you know that thing they tried a billion times before? Like, uh would work this time because some professors thought about it even more than the other professors and now we think communism will work? Look, we won! So we're already winning! It's like all these career-bound women, like, they think getting the college degree is success. It's like, that's, that's not success. Your education is not success. <laughs> Graduating from high school and college is not success. <coughs> Now, now it's whether it's after that. The rest of your life will determine success or not. Not that you got a degree. Oh, but they're gonna get more success. I'll get my master's degree in communist studies. Oh, look, I got a master's degree. I'm successful. Oh, so uh, yes. So with that money, I will buy a small little hut in a 
traditional culture, I frankly don't care what culture, as long as they're traditional, and they want to protect their culture, and they're not going to do this, let's invite other cultures in and upheaval the entire infrastructure and fabric of our society, and gee, I wonder if we're going to import capitalists from Singapore, or more welfare bums to vote us communists in so we don't have to work for a living and we'll just sell this country down the river too I wonder what type they'll import <coughs> they'll say uh, no fuck off we're Bulgaria and we love the the possum festival oh yes the possum festival you can't insult the great possum it's very key to our culture where we all celebrate possum days and the great possum comes in and and uh, hangs from the tree and we decorate the tree with ornamental possum. And I'll say, hey, it's possum days. Maybe they'll give me, the, you know, like I can march at the parade and say, ah, welcome the new immigrant to Bulgaria who has taken the vow of the great possum. And I will, I will come in with a possum hat and I will speak in fluent Bulgarian because I will have not been a fucking piece of shit immoral parasitic asshole who comes to a country and doesn't learn the language. Which is all Slavic languages sound to me. <coughs> but I'll do it very well. And then they'll cheer and then I'll have, I'll be officially one of the people of Bulgaria. I'll officially be a Bulgarian and they'll give me my ornamental possum to hang above the, the awning to my door of my small little hut. And then I'll have internet, I'll be writing my, my, my books, and all these cock-sucking, backstabbing, piece-of-shit Minnehuvians. Oh, don't you know, there now, it's okay that they have a slave away for the non-white people, don't you know? Because uh, my great-great-great-grandfather, who never owned a slave, you know, don't you know, he came, but because we're white, and some slave owners that were originally in the South and have nothing to do with my lineage, yeah, don't you know, uh, they are also white, and so I am going to be down with the cost, and that's why I, I work 20 hours a week over for Jamal. So to give back to the community and to make up for the reciprocity and the reparations, don't you know? You can fuck my wife, Ilsa. We go to a school because it's got the good schools, uh, and we're close to her parents yet there, don't you know? <clears throat> but I let Jamal fuck her because that way it shows that I care about the black community. Yeah. Oh, no, those people who left, they're not patriotic American. They're not good Minnesotans, don't you know? Like, bye. <laughs> See ya. And you know what I'm really looking forward to? Is not worrying about that shit anymore. <clears throat> Just not worrying about it. Because we can talk taxes. Taxes are already compelling enough argument to leave the United States. But this insanity, this mental insanity, and you all pay a mental price listening to these lies... Oh, the way you were born means you're somehow an unconscious criminal <clears throat> and you owe other people uh, money and your time because of the way they were born and the way you were born. And, and all this, and you guys fall for it. This Orwellian nightmare. It's, well, it's called the Orwellian tax. You got to live in an Orwellian nightmare. You got to pay, you dumb fucks. Watching the sports ball, where you stand, when we're trying to do more, even if they're not like slamming on whites, but the pablum that comes out, a voice must rise, and we can come together to uplift ourselves. What the fuck does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? Now, maybe you dopes who, like, have your wife being fucked by another man and you're because you're excited with your sports ball and you put on another man's jersey and watch a man swing a stick at a sphere. Maybe you don't pick it. Maybe that doesn't pain you because you're too stupid. Maybe the diet beers just dull your brain so you don't pick up and say, why, why are they saying that? You know, maybe you don't mind having dicks up your asses by the government and the thought police. And maybe you send your daughters and your sons to liberal arts colleges that you go into debt for and mortgage your retirement so you can't retire, only for them to come back and hate you and lecture you and lord you about you being a male and having a white penis. <clears throat> but for those of us who, like, are still thinking, I'm going to go to a country 
where their main concern is like, God, I hope Russia doesn't invade us. Like, yeah, I hope they don't invade us too. Remember the simpler times when all we had to worry about was Russia invading? <laughs> I want to go back to those simpler times. I don't want to wake up and every fucking day, either through a sign or this fucking yappy device while I'm getting gas or the newspaper, did you know white people X, Y, Z? And did you know that males A, B, and C? Oh my God, give us more money if you're not one of them. In, in this lie that you're not lying? Oh, this is a serious study. Uh, we're social scientists and we did all this research and we figured it, oh yeah, yeah, it's a real thing. I say, uh, no, you're all, oh, you're racist and sexist. Oh my God, I'm not playing that game. Can you imagine not worrying about that? Going to a country and when I send my kids to school, they learn reading, writing, and arithmetic and nothing else. Like, where kids are allowed to be kids and not be bothered with politics? Where, like, you might actually be able to have a disagreement politically with your neighbor, and they're not going to report you to the to the, the big tech to have your, your local uh, possum shop uh, taken down. <clears throat> not even the government, it's the people. Fuck you, people. And, but that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Where I don't have to spend any time worrying, not one minute of my day or my brain power is spent fretting and worrying about what fucked up shit are feminists going to come up with now to explain why I'm oppressing women today or why women are so oppressed that they need yet another absurd leg up or unfair advantage over men. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. All right. I better finish this up. Uh... Clary Podcast is brought to you by Pushing Rubber Downhill. Check out Adam Pigger's blog, book, and podcast. Uh, the Clary Podcast is also brought to you by Academic Composition. Go there to have all your writing, uh, paper, college paper writing needs taken care of. Um, also brought to you by some good guys uh, over in the blogging, podcasting world. Check out Masculine Geeks. Check out Chory Francis. Check out Red Evening with Jack Napier and Rob Says. Go to Rob Says site, says site at robsays.net. I got TJ Martinell. Who else am I thinking? Um, I still got that... Wow, I still got that uh, scar. That's interesting. Um, what else? Who are the other peeps? other people. Rolo Tomasi, Rich Cooper, of course, they, but you guys know him, but I've, they've been very kind. Now. Oh, Modern Life John. If you are a noob, you're like a new kid, and you don't know anything about dating, like you you really don't know anything, dude, drop the money and take his class. I think it's 400 bucks. Maybe it's 500. It's worth it. <clears throat> I know. For you regular listeners who know about it, you don't need it. But, dude, it's just, it's worth it. Just take the damn class. I was shocked how good a quality it was and how bad it is, just how much you young men are brainwashed. It's basically a deprogramming, rebuilding class, uh, so it's it's worth considering taking. Who else am I missing? Somebody else. Ah, doesn't matter. All right, there you go. Now, see, I don't have to do this this week, so I can do more asshole consulting, so I can buy my place in Bulgaria and celebrate uh, Possum Fest. We'll see you guys later, too.